Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Our series of podcasts focus on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC. And today we are continuing in our discussion with one of Dallas Christian College's longest serving faculty members ever, Dr. Kara Snyder, who uh, we just honored this past month for her 50 years of ministry and service to DCC. Again, Kara Snyder, we're glad to have you today. Thank you. And uh, we are going to continue in our discussion on uh, really talking a lot about her uh, career as a professor here and the things that she has witnessed as uh, some changes in society and in the students she has uh, had the opportunity to, to teach and and learn from as well. But uh, if you haven't checked out our first podcast, I encourage you to do that. Uh, one, a couple of profound statements, uh, Dr. Snyder, that you shared were uh, who you are as a teacher has the greatest impact on students, really more than what you teach. And uh, I wrote that. I, I, I think that's a, a great amen to that. Uh, you also uh, emphasize the importance of Christian higher education, and that's something that we here at Dallas Christian College are extremely uh you know, supportive of, especially at this time in society. We believe now is the time more than ever for Christian higher education. And I love the way you close when you said, uh, talking about some highlights that every day should have a highlight and we need to find joy in the simple pleasure. So I encourage you to check out that previous episode if you haven't done so already. But uh, sitting right next to me and helping to lead and guide our discussion, as always, is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley. Mark, good to see you, and we're going to let you continue in your discussions with uh, Dr. Kara Snyder. Well, thanks, Scott, and thanks again, Kara, for being a part of the podcast. Uh, it's just really great to get your insights, uh, not just in life uh, and teaching here at DCC, but uh, today we want to take a little bit of a different focus on just your insights on literature uh, throughout the years. And I, I think we were talking uh, <clears throat> before the podcast, we were talking about Acts 17, you know, where Paul is teaching at the Areopagus in Athens, and he preaches a sermon to them, but he never quotes the Bible. There's 22 allusions to the Old Testament, but but he literally uses their own literature and and some literature that was from philosophers or poets who were 330 years before uh, Paul was at the Areopagus. Yeah. So <clears throat> I know when I get into classes, uh, that part I was sharing with you, Kara, that in, in Acts 17, man, I start just saying, hey, Christians ought to be reading literature we ought to be reading poetry we ought to be reading that and i think a lot of that came from you okay. i mean i i think i think that because of having you as a professor so uh, a lot of christians are like okay only read christian literature so what's your thinking on that well obviously it, my thinking's pretty uh pretty broad <laughs> on it uh, always having been a reader and always having uh, loved reading and then having gone to um, 
uh, not particularly Christian university. I was when I came to DCC. I was used to reading anything and everything. Yeah, you uh, you graduated from Vanderbilt, right, with a degree in English, and uh, so there there wasn't much I hadn't encountered in literature, uh, and um, and then to come to Bible college, bringing that background, but filtering it through also Christian education, I realized that uh, people get upset about, well, why are you reading that? It's going to mislead you. I've always put in the option in my classes that, one, yes, literature can lead you into sin if that's where you're determined to go. If it if you're reading something and you can see it's going to be a bad influence on you, stop and let me know and I'll assign something else. Um, but, but you can also get hold of yourself and, or, or, and step back and then you can sometimes come back to the very same material and read it with a Christian eye, in which case you will then be reading with the eye of, of sympathy and understanding for the lost world. And, and reach out. If, if you're going to reach out to your lost neighbor uh, who may be engaged in the same kind of sin that you're seeing in the literature, if you've already encountered it in the literature, you can have thought about, how would I reach this person? And I, I love to approach modern lostness in literature that way. Here, here is the lost world. How will you bridge the gap and help them to hear the gospel. Yeah, I I had uh, Dr. C.C. C. Crawford as a philosophy professor. And, uh, you know, I, I was really afraid, frankly, of some philosophy because when I was in high school, I was one of those weird kids that was reading uh, Leviathan II, you know, Hobbes, and, and uh, uh, especially... Um, uh, uh, nihilism uh, and, and so you know when I was in, in history of philosophy I was like I don't know and, and I'll never forget what he told me he said you know never be afraid of the truth and the truth will always lead you to Jesus and that just kind of opened up would, would it be a similar type of thing in in literature absolutely absolutely <clears throat> I often say great literature is often just a picture of how how we go wrong that's what makes interesting stories uh, too often and that's kind of sad but uh, but to approach it as a Christian is how will Jesus change that situation how can Jesus change that situation yeah when you're talking about teaching uh, literature from a Christian worldview Okay, can, can you give an example of what that would look like? So, well, it's it's really what I just said, and and I mean I'm I'm a graduate of an excellent English department at, at Vanderbilt, and and uh, and I've you know gone through a lot of other higher education in English. My doctorate's in English from you know a secular university, and and they go from you know new criticism to deconstructionist to all you know all kinds of viewpoints toward literature but over the years all I've I, I have stayed at the same place in a way which is stories 
are always there teaching us something. What is this story teaching you? What is this poem teaching you? What is, and, and what does Jesus or what does the gospel have to say to it? Uh, because that is why we love stories. One, they have to be entertaining. That's why we listen to the news. Maybe we're going to hear a new story. It's even called the news. <laughs> news yeah. uh, 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 but the old, old story, and as a child, those so those old gospel songs used to, I think, why do you want to hear the old, old story over and over again? Uh, well, that old story has got to apply to every new story that comes along. Yeah. And, and it will straighten out the mess that we make of things. And I've forgotten what your first question was. Well... <laughs> <laughs> you, well, just an example of how you would apply a Christian worldview yeah. to a particular, you know. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. There, yeah. yeah. That is, okay. I think you answered that, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you know, I, I can remember uh, learning, you know, different poets that have helped me in conversations with non-Christians to identify uh -huh. with them. Oh, uh, today, it might be a rapper, I suppose. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, what? how I feel about Drake or uh, mm -hmm. Lecrae, uh, right. who are, you know, rappers right. or modern-day poets. Right, they are serious poets. Yeah, so... <clears throat> the good ones. Uh, so, so when you're teaching literature, um, you know, has literature changed? Well, it all... I suppose it always does, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, rap compared to the, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Yeah, there's a big difference there. But yet, but all literature is expressing, you know, some basic human uh, longings or ideals or uh, yeah, pleasures, you know, why is it that, questions. That, yeah, why is it that some poetry... I mean that's mm -hmm. that's lasted through the years. Why is it that some still reaches our mm -hmm. soul? Yeah, yeah, because it was written by human beings who were paying attention, who were paying attention to the way the world is, and and to the things that people care about. So, when you're teaching, I mean, is there a particular? Uh, direction is there a, tic a particular? I mean, going back again to what we started with at the beginning, like Acts seventeen, mm -hmm. you know, Cleanthes or Epimenides, you know, who are three hundred years before Paul. Mm -hmm. Are there are there certain? Is there certain literature that you would think, man, Christians, or or maybe even a couple of poets, or maybe uh, literature itself that that Christians ought to really t pay attention to. I mean, if the listener is going, okay, yeah, you've convinced me, you know, mm -hmm. I, I need to, I need to be aware of certain literature, uh, for, <laughs> to know life, uh, who would be a couple that you would immediately come oh. on? <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, <clears throat> uh, well, all the greats of, uh, across the centuries, but the but if somebody just wants to say who should I be reading? So well, a good place to start is just go get a list of Nobel Prize winners in literature or Pulitzer Prize winners and you know for 
for great stuff. And just look around until you see something that sounds interesting to you and start with what sounds interesting to you. But you can't go wrong reading the, the greats from the past, everything from, you know, Dostoevsky and Tolstoy to Dickens and, and Trollope, but on all the way back to uh, Homer, you know, writing 800 years before Christ. It's the Iliad and the Odyssey are still amazing, amazing works. So, so what would you say if somebody goes, man, you're really a geek on this stuff, you know, <laughs> Homer and Iliad, you know, why would I want to read that stuff? Ah, ah, yeah, I remember a student years ago who came, who was not a reader and I was making him read the whole Iliad and he came to me and said, you know, this is really good. <laughs> uh, Surprise. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great war novel in a sense now that's okay it's an epic poem but uh but what you discover when you read it is the the foolishness of war the vanity of human wishes the uh homer makes that point and the the people in it you're most sympathetic to tend to be the ones not on the greek side and homer was a greek yeah. So, so is there literature that would be really great for a Christian to feel safe in? I mean, like there's a C.S. Oh. Lewis type of stuff. Oh, that's wonderful stuff. Wonderful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia, you know, just, but, mm-hmm. but there's also. But the Space Trilogy. The Space Trilogy got, is amazing. And it's got, you know, some really horrible stuff in it. Yeah, you know? it does. Yeah. Uh, um, that hideous strength, Paralandra. But so the does the Bible. Planet. The Book of Judges. Yeah, I was just th- I was just thinking the Book of Judges has, you know, when people tell me the Bible's boring, I was like, I don't think you've read. You, yeah. you haven't. You haven't read Judges. Right. Your experience reading the Bible in my English class was similar to mine reading the Book of Judges while I was sitting in the choir loft at church one Sunday and wasn't interested in the sermon. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm reading Judges and going, Oh my goodness, this is horrible. Yeah. It's like, boy, this this would be an R-rated movie. I mean, they're hacking people up, and I, you know, it's just, yeah. oh wow, yeah, absolutely. So, so, uh, you know, again, uh, Christian Christian authors that we ought to look to. Uh, oh, oh, I hadn't prepared on. That. I'd have to <laughs> go back and look at a list. But well, Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, <laughs> they were Christians, um, and Dickens, uh, uh, wonderful stuff. But yeah, C.S. Lewis, uh, you know, just. But uh, yeah, I remember I, I was talking to a, a friend of mine. He's a non-Christian, and and he just loved Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia. Just mm-hmm. absolutely loved oh, them. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, you know, Aslan, you know, represents Jesus. And he went, what? Uh-huh. And I said, oh yeah, and, and the stories really are. And he was like. Man, you Christians, you 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 sneak into stuff all the time. Well, you know, non-Christians yeah. sneak in stuff all the time as yes. well. So, yes. but he was really angry about yeah. the fact that he did not know that Chronicles of Narnia. He read them to his daughter. He read them to his daughter all the oh, time. Oh, wonderful! And he yeah. was like, "Man, this really is a ripoff." And I was yeah. like, "No, no, no! It's just a great literature." Yeah. He said, "Well, yeah, okay, it is that." But yeah. uh, uh, Walker Percy springs to mind too. It's a, he, <clears throat> uh, 
he's been gone too many years now, but he's a great modern Christian writer, um, and and uh, well others. But so so where does Christian uh, literature need to go? Well, every Christian needs to write whatever God is putting on their heart for them to write. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, a lot of times when, I'm just going to put it plainly, you know, a lot of times when I read Christian literature, it just seems so cheesy. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. it really does. It, well, as with Christian movies, but the fact is, the gospel is a happy ending. There you go. It's a hallmark story. It, it is. For, uh, yeah. for part of it. You Not know. really. Yeah. yeah Bruce is giving me the look over there. <laughs> right. I mean, life is filled with pain, yep. and the Christian life can be filled with pain. And But the Christian life, uh, Billy Graham made that point a long time ago. He read the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. and it's got a happy ending. So, so what would you what would you say to uh, Christians today about literature in general? Uh, read, read. Go look up lists of great literature, uh, and find the stuff that looks interesting to you and read it. Uh, there are all kinds of guides for doing that, but. Whatever it is you like. Do you like short stories? Do you like poems? Do you like music? You know, uh, pay attention to the lyrics of the songs that you're listening to uh, and find the great stuff. Yeah, that is so good. uh, In Christ Alone. I love that poem, Uh, that hymn. Yeah, hymns hymns are great poetry. Yeah, you you know, when you were saying that one, one song that, uh, came to mind that just hurts me every time I hear it. You know, it's uh, John, one of John Lennon's greatest songs, Imagine. But oh. when you really l- oh, wow. read the lyrics, mm-hmm. you're going, oh, what a tragedy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what should Christians get? Uh, I mean, you talked about, okay, we, we should feel for the world uh, from uh, secular literature sure uh what else should we get um from uh, you know paul got us a couple of illustrations in him Absolutely. we move and live and, live move and, move and, and have, have our being, being. yeah yeah and he's talking you know it's a poem about zeus but he's talking about god that's right no it's a bridge it's a bridge to the lost um and that's uh, I mean, yeah, we can't live in this in a Christian bubble, and and it's also a great way to learn. Serious literature will show you the results of sin, and if you want to find out about sin, read great literature, and don't be drawn into sin. Obviously, if if anything you're reading is drawing you into sin, stop reading it. Yeah. But but it's the best way to understand how the lost world is thinking and then then bring the gospel to bear on it so i mean i've called you uh saint cara i mean i just think you're one of the finest christian women i know absolutely is there is there different things when you read it 
uh, and maybe a particular author, that you read it, it just hurts your soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'd, I'd have to think a while to come up with, but but absolutely. And and can I give you a side note on saint? Sure. I, I love to point out that the word saint is never singular in the New Testament. <laughs> That's true. It's always the same. It saints. is always the body of us are the sanctified ones, yeah. and not a one of us <laughs> is a saint. <laughs> the literature professor turns theologian right there. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, what do you, you. what do you do? Yes, when, Saint Mark, what, carry on. What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do when literature just hurts you? Um, uh, well, pray and and also rejoice that you know the answer and don't stay stuck in your room, you know, crying over the story instead of crying over the actual lost world make contact with the lost world um, and i've not been doing that so much lately i've been working a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> it's a whole lot easier than taking a walk in the neighborhood <laughs> so <coughs> uh you know who are some good poets uh, um emerson yeah. no, emerson's an essayist more than a, than e, a poet e. E. cummings mm -hmm. Uh, oh, oh, he's got his, yeah, he's a nice romantic poet, yeah. But, you know. But, Edgar uh, Allan Poe just drives me nuts. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the bells, 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 bells. <laughs> um, but great poets, yeah. Go look at the index to the world lit book and the index to the American lit books and the English lit books. Um, but, and who are the great poets today? Among my favorites, uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins. Oh, great stuff. Um, uh, uh, you know, from a very believing perspective. Um, but. What about some of the, the, you know, the modern, I'm trying to remember the, the uh, woman, she died recently, African-American woman that, that. Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou. Oh, what, yeah. what about her? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I'd have to go look at her poems. Uh, I'm thinking of her autobiography, um, but I'd have to I'd have to go look at a list. And what have you read recently that everybody ought to read? Uh, that everybody ought to read um, the Book of Luke. <laughs> Amen. Just. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this morning I read Malachi. Malachi was pretty interesting, as I said. Yes. Refiner's Fire and Launderer's Soap. Yeah. <laughs> now everybody's going to read Malachi, which so, is a good thing. It's a good thing. Good. Well, Dr. Snyder, thank you again for sharing and letting us glean from some of your thoughts. I think really the most profound thing, and I, and I can say this as, as a musician and again as a music teacher, uh, all art literature points us to a greater reality. And uh, I, I know, uh, you know, Bruce would understand this as well. Bruce Dykus is a worship leader. We all battle the idea of worshiping what, how, how it is we worship and the tools of worship and what we read and what we sing and and all of that i love your idea of real serious literature will show you how the lost world is thinking and that's where it needs to point yeah. us 
that empathy for for people. So thank you for sharing that and uh, for being a part of our podcast. So we appreciate it. Again, if you would like more information about Dallas Christian College, who we are and our degree programs and the the opportunities that you would have to study here, you can check us out at www.dallas.edu. We believe that now is the time to change the world for Christ one student at a time with an education that is accessible, affordable, and attainable. And if you would like more information about how to do that, we would love to speak with you. But again, thank you for checking out this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Have a great day. Take care, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.